position now or my position before about a month ago? Uh, oh, oh, the, you're, you know, I forgot you're in tricky territory. Could, I think you could say CFO. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Just introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Steve Snodgrass. I've been with Granite Rock 27 years and uh, I'm retiring this month as a CFO. So Steve, tell us a story about like how did 27 years ago, uh, where were you? How did you find out about Granite Rock and what was the opening that you applied for? Well, I found out that Granite Rock ran a physical ad in the Wall Street Journal for a chief financial officer. And the night before the interview, Bruce called me up and said we were changing the job to control. And my interview predated the days of team interviews. And so I had what I'd call a serial interview. We started off at 8 o'clock in the morning. I interviewed with people that, such as Jack LeMaster, Rita Alves, Sanja Archikamian, and Laura Janad, and finally Bruce. And in the course of the interview, Bruce gave me a pen and paper and told me to graph my life, which was hugely entertaining and I guess gave us something to talk about. And then after Bruce had softened me up at 5 o'clock at night, I had an interview with Phil Berghausen. And for those of you that don't know who Phil was, Phil was a company psychologist. And so Phil psychoanalyzed me for about two hours and then I went home and for two days I was just comatose because uh, I'd been, been sliced and diced. So the team interview at least is a shorter experience. So you got hired as a controller. I got hired as a controller, and the other funny story is back, back in those days, we didn't have the internet. So those of you young kids out there, uh, imagine life without Facebook. And so, what, uh, so a couple of weeks went by, and I didn't hear from Granite Rock about the job. So I just figured, well, I got nothing to lose, so I called up uh, Granite Rock asking for Bruce. And Janice Schaefer picked up the call. And Janice said to me, which Mr. Bruce Wolpert do you want? Well, there was no internet, so I didn't know there was more than one. And so I was completely flustered. And I said to, Bruce, to, J I said to her, I said, uh, and then she said, oh, you mean Bruce W. And put me through. Wow. And you still wanted the job. <laughs> I needed the job. <laughs> Okay, so you come in as controller, and how long did you do that until you moved up to CFO? Well, I was controller for about eight years, and then I became the chief information officer. And so I was the chief information officer really from 2001 to 2016. Uh, I became CFO in 2005, but I, I wore both hats for... Uh, 12, 14 years. Wow. So CIO, what did you do as CIO? I mean, I know you run IT, but how did you end up in that role from a controller? Well, I went to Bruce one day because I, I just couldn't I just couldn't see myself as a controller of the company for the rest of my career. And so I went to him and said, uh, you know, Bruce, uh, I can't do this forever. And he looked at me and said, well, you know, Sanjar needs something else. Uh, why don't you become CIO? And, that, and 
that was very challenging because we had just moved to the building on technology and every Monday, and this was not an exaggeration, every Monday for the first year or so, we had at least one system down all the time because IT was not as reliable then as it is now. Wow, so you were running both as controller and CIO for a number of years? No, I oh. gave up the controller. Oh, you gave up the controller, okay. And uh, just and just it was a CIO, and we did things like we wrote Perl, and we wrote Rocks, and we installed networks, and... Um, the internet and the, came the, along. <laughs> and the internet had just was, uh, wasn't very mature, and in those days, we used to have to hunt down who was listening to internet radio because the network would go to a crawl. And so, you know, those of you that are watching YouTube in your, in your company time, in the old days, we'd hunt you down. And these days, no one knows. That is so crazy to think about because they were taking up the bandwidth. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. No, seriously, they'd call from the Wilson Quarry and they go, the network is so slow, it's crawling, trucks are backing up. And we'd get somebody out there and they'd go from office to office and they, oh, there's Henry Ramirez listening to K-Pig on his, on his computer. That is hilarious. Wow, things have changed so much. They've changed a lot. So then how, when did you moved into the CFO role in 2005, um, sort of like, how did that happen or what, you know? Um, how did you move up well, to that position? Well, it's another Bruce story. So uh, in June of 2005, I was calmly sitting at my CIO desk looking at, you know, wondering what system is going to go down next. And Bruce called me up and he said, can I meet you in a secret place? And he goes, meet me in the mailroom. And so I go to the mailroom and he beckons me into the portion of the mailroom that's kind of like a warehouse with no windows. And he says, Rita Alves is leaving the company and I'd like you to be the CFO. Now I was always taught that when you, somebody made you a job offer, you always made them think about it so you could maybe have some negotiating room. And so I went into autopilot and I said to Bruce, well, let me think about it and I'll get back to you. And that night I was explaining to my wife, this is what happened today. And then I, as soon as I said, yeah, and I told him I'd get back to him, and it's, he wasn't asking. And so I called Bruce up that night and accepted, and, uh, was, and now I'm retiring as a CFO. Awesome, wow, what a story. So Steve, talk about what it, what is the role of CFO? What do, you, what, do, what do you do in that position? I mean, for people out there who, um, I mean, you know it's financial and that you're looking after the money coming in and going out, but kind of what are some of the things that you can pinpoint? What were some of your um, milestones or achievements? Well, the CFO is, is responsible for obviously the financial reporting and kind of overseeing uh, the accounting group, uh, Julie, uh, has done a masterful job of doing the reporting, but I would actually work with the banks, uh, and the banks were my good friends back in the Great Recession. Uh, those of you that don't know what the Great Recession was like, you should Google it because it was an interesting time uh, time for us. Uh, I, I deal with a bonding company on our, on our bonding lines. Uh, in those days, before Matt Reed, I bought the company's insurance, and you know, my role was 
you know, to take advantage of opportunities that present themselves. And so a couple of milestones that I'm proud of is that I participated in the selection of ACIG and ACIG has been a game changer for the company and you know that will survive obviously that's gonna, that relationship will survive me and then the other thing is uh, CFO that I, I that I'm particularly proud of is we changed the company's form of tax reporting from what's called a subchapter S corporation to a, uh, a C corporation and translated what that means is we saved about 40% of the of our taxes over the last four years. That seems huge. It was huge. Or it still is. Yeah. And so we're, we went from what to what again? But we went from what's called a subchapter S corporation to a C corporation. Okay. And that's all in the name of saving the company money, which mm -hmm. in result we can buy more equipment, sure. pay our people um, good salaries and benefits. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really um, just overall creating a healthier company. Yeah. Um, uh, talk about, was the Great Recession the greatest challenge of your career? It was challenging from the standpoint of, you know, we, we owed the bank a lot of money. Uh, we were not in compliance with Basically, they're, they're, they have what's called covenants, and if you violate a covenant, then you kind of get slapped on the wrist. Well, we're getting more than slaps. But I would say the biggest transition and the biggest change was the unfortunate event of Bruce's passing. And prior to Bruce's passing, if, you, if we had a difficult financial issue, I would just go talk to Bruce, and I'd have, and I'd suggest, well, this is what I'd like to do, and then he'd tell me what we're going to do. And after twelve, what happened is I'd go to Tom and, and explain it to him, and Tom would basically let me do what I wanted to do. And Tom and I had a very, have a very trusting relationship, but then I got to eat my own dog food, and so I got to uh, got to uh, to see. Well, maybe that wasn't such a good decision, but I had to live the consequences of my decision. In the old days, I could look back and say, well, Bruce made the decision, so uh, it had to be right, but uh, uh, it was Bruce's decision, not mine. But, but in, after 12, we all owned our own decisions. Right, great, like a, a greater weight on the decisions you were making. Is it was greater weight, and it was uh, an accountability issue. Uh, but it was all, but it was all, it was all good. It, it was much, it was a little bit more challenging because you, uh, I knew that I was going to have to live the consequences of my decisions. And ultimately, you're keeping the company afloat, right? I mean, you, the decisions you're making are keeping the company uh, financially upright, mm -hmm. um, and so that we can keep doing what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so interesting. Um, but the Great Recession, I mean, that was a difficult time because there were layoffs and there were cutbacks, there were salary cuts, there was a lot going on. Well, the salary cuts were painful, personally painful and painful for everyone else. But I think what was really the worst part about the recession is I think I laid off about 15 people. And, you know, I, the way I look at it is if you, if you don't sleep at night the night before you're laying somebody off, that's a good thing. 
because if you're sleeping like a, like a baby and you're going to lay somebody off, that, mean, that, that, doesn't, that means you just don't care. So the Great Recession, how did, how did we get through those difficult times? Like how, what kind of got the company through that challenge? Well, we, uh, we did some things. We sold some properties. We, uh, it was tough. I mean, we were still in the recession when Bruce passed. And we didn't know it, but we were, we were starting to climb out uh, not long after he passed. But the greatest problem with the recession is you could run a sale on concrete and still nobody was buying. And uh, I remember going out to the Wilson Quarry and when you can hear birds chirping at the Wilson Quarry, that's not a good sign. I mean, you should hear asphalt cl- plants, cl- gates clanging, you should hear trucks, trucks backup beepers, whatever. And it was a, a, a lack of business. And so we hunkered down, uh, uh, I know we cut the IT group to the bone. Uh, the, you know, we we did things like we went to a third-party payroll service because we couldn't afford to upgrade JD Edwards, and so we ran an old release of JD Edwards way past its prime, and we just did what we could to uh, we called to keeping the lights on. So how are you leaving the company? Um, what's the financial standing that you're leaving the company in today? Uh, you know, there's war going on, there's inflation, there's um, supply chain shortages. Uh, obviously gas prices, diesel prices are through the roof. Um, but where are we as a company today in uh, late March of 2022? Well, I think we're, we're, we're poised to weather whatever storm is out there. I mean, the company in the last five years has doubled its equity, and so the company is the balance sheet is is, is very well poised. Uh, we don't owe the bank a whole lot of money. Uh, it's it's would be very unlikely that we would ever break a covenant with the bank. Uh, now, as to the outlook for 20, uh, 2022, uh, I figure my stint ended at the end of twenty one. Dan Lindsay, you own twenty twenty two. Awesome. And then uh, uh, a couple really quick questions. Number one, um, 27 years is a long time at one company. What's been the key to keeping you here uh, almost three decades? Well, I think the, the background on that is uh, Grant Rock's my ninth professional job. And, and so if you figure I have 27, 28 years of the Granite Rock, that means I had a lot of jobs between 22 and 40. And part of the reason I left those jobs is I was bored. Uh, and I was, I've never been bored here. But the other thing I'd like to leave the folks watching this video is that everything's not all about fin- financials. Uh, you know. The role of CFO is you have to question all the numbers and all that. People would say that I'm a black and white kind of guy. But part of what makes this company great is we have values. And those values are such that we we don't make our money on the backs of our employees. We don't make our money on the backs of our customers. We, uh, we, we do things in a partnership. We do things as a family company. There are ways of reducing the company's overhead. That's not the Granite Rock way. And I'm not advocating for you people out there that are watching this that you spend money irresponsibly. But 
we need to t uh, taking care of the Granite Rock family is very important. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean that the Granite, the the Wolpers, obviously they're very important, but I mean the family of people that we work with. Exactly. Yeah, the company as a family, the team members as a family. Well, I think the one thing I'd say is that over the 27 years, when I got here, it was quote the accounting department, and it was the most dysfunctional group of people I've ever met. And since then, Julie and Aaron and Katrina and all the rest of the people, and Nancy Hausman, and Nancy was actually here when I got here in 93, and then she took a several year sabbatical. Uh, she went to work for her husband, and then she, then she learned that work for Snodgrass wasn't so bad. But uh, uh, the professionalism and the accuracy and getting to the next level, uh, and that's all uh, Julie and the team have really done a great job. I've never really had to worry about you know, the accuracy of our financial statements, the timeliness. Uh, Julie and the, and the team have just done a great job of really kind of making, uh, taking all the potential pitfalls out. And I'm very proud of, when I, when I look at our financial statements, I'm not concerned that there's something out there that is gonna come back and bite me. Uh, the numbers are not going to change. And so we're, we feel very good about that. I know that your retirement plans do not include sitting on a beach uh, with a Mai Tai in your hand. So can you please share, you know, what do you plan to do uh, after retire or during retirement? Well, by the time you folks watch this, uh, the, 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 the future will be known. Uh, I am running for county supervisor in Monterey County. It's something I feel that I need to do. I've never felt like there's something I had to do in my life, and so running for office is something I feel I have to do. Uh, it's uh, going to be very challenging if I get elected, uh, and I figure I have a lot of skills, and quite frankly, I owe a lot of the rekindling of this uh, afterlife career to Granite Rock. I mean, you know, uh, this is back to the value statement. You know, community service is a big uh, value that we have as a company. And with that value, uh, I realize that there are people that, that we have that run our governments that don't have the skill sets that, that at least I acquired at Granite Rock. And we need good people in government or we get what we get. And so we've, we've gotten what we got. Snodgrass for Supervisor, District 2, North Monterey County. It's too late. <laughs> well, yeah, we might get this yeah, in a podcast. Yeah, no. <laughs> we'll try and get uh, some bits of this out before before 23 and before the uh, election is over. All right, anything else you want to say about 27 years and The Rock and the positions you've held, the people you've worked with, any parting words? Well, the one thing... I, those of you that have never worked for any place other than Granite Rock, you don't really have a good perspective of what constitutes a good company and a bad company. I've known both. I've known good bosses, I've known bad bosses. And Granite Rock is a place where, at least in my career, I've had a tremendous amount of freedom to do what I wanted. Because I knew what I was supposed to be doing. I'm not saying that, uh, but realistically, 
there are very, very few companies that are as caring as Granite Rock. And if you really were out to go, go look for another job, good luck finding one that will pay the health insurance of you and your family. Good luck in finding one that will pay 50% of your 401k contribution. And good luck in finding a company where uh, you can have, the, where people respect each other and people genuinely like each other. I mean, I even like Robert who's standing behind the camera. <laughs> you got to take your shots while you can. Yeah. Shout out to Robert Ellenwood behind the camera. That'll end up on the cutting room floor. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe not. Yeah, I mean, it is, it's a, it's a fantastic company, and all of us who work here are truly blessed. Yeah, you've worked other places, and mm-hmm. there, there are good, good, good jobs and there are bad jobs. Mm-hmm. And this, this, was, this has been a great ride. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry to be leaving. Uh, I tell people, you know, sorry, I got old. And so, it, you know, it's time, it, it's time for me to move on. And, you know, probably, uh, you know, we'll, you know it, a fresh eye may come up with some uh, improvements that I haven't thought of. So we'll see. Uh, with Dan, we'll see how you do. 